Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I've got a great NFL show planned for you today. PlayUp.com. PlayUp Sportsbook is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs in the states of Colorado and New Jersey. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. And speaking of best bets, Cash with Flash, best bets, has football picks, college football picks, NBA, college, hoops, and hockey picks just for you. Sign up for an account and cash with Flash. That's cashwithflash.com. It's Monday. Michael Noonan's here. What's happening, dude? How, how, how was week 10 to you? Uh, week 10 was um, interesting. Uh, my Vikings pulled one out of... Someplace. In the the normal way in which they do things. You know, I'm recovering from heart surgery. They need to quit this crap. I Uh, hear you, huh? Just win a game. Win one of those games where, you know, from about the middle of the third quarter on, you're getting snacks and just enjoying what happened. Not these cliffhangers every week. How did you do, Phil? Ah, uh, we were three and three. Uh, we did have the Packers in minus one. I don't regret that. For me, Michael, and this is how it rolls. If any time I get Aaron Rodgers at minus one, plus one, I'm going for it. That guy has won more money for listeners of this show and readers and subscribers of Cash with Flash Best Bets than any other NFL player, period. So I'm always going to go with that. And then the other one that set me back, and I'm disappointed, but I shouldn't be surprised because they did it to me two weeks ago, is the Dallas Cowboys. Me too. They didn't cover. They didn't go over. And I'm starting to think these overhyped games are overhyped for a reason. I'm wondering... If Dallas is a contender or a pretender, Ooh. or are we here where everybody's a pretender? It could be. You know, we had some teams that were for real, we thought, a couple weeks ago. Dallas was one of those teams, but they looked awful. Now, in fairness, they did miss an offensive lineman, and they're missing Amari Cooper. Maybe that had a lot to do with this. But at the end of the day, they didn't look good. Patrick Mahomes looked very good. And you know, and a lot of people had written off Kansas City. I wasn't yet ready to do so, but I guess we can't write them off now, can we? 
No. And I, I was like you. I was really close. Uh, I think that we had pegged Dallas as being for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, uh, Cincinnati. And ever since I did that, they've lost. I, it's just one of those years. And and so I think what, what it boils down to is that more than ever, if you're actually going to gamble on teams, you better know somebody who knows how to look at the appropriate statistics, who knows the actual game. Because if, if you go by the eye test week to week, you're going to lose every other week. <laughs> well, that's just it. Now, in fairness, the Cash with Flash best bets record, and that includes picks we make on this show because I'm the Flash, so I'm I'm Flash of the Cash, I guess. 52-32-1. That's overall for the entire season. And since week three, we are 42-16-1. So that's not too bad. That's not a bad run. Even though we lost about 25 bucks on $100 wagers yesterday, we're still doing very well here. Well, and, and I think what people don't understand is what you're aiming for is 60%. Now, I'm not a math whiz, but right. you're way more than 60%. Yeah, that seems to be the case. You know, 52.4%. At minus 110, is just about breaking even. If you could do 52.4%, you didn't lose for your season. And I think that we're doing much better than that, especially since week three. And we're looking to keep it going. And it's, but these things happen. Like yesterday, I was really thrilled with Cincinnati. I, I knew that they would beat Vegas, and I knew it would be under. I just knew. The numbers pointed me there. The eye test pointed me there. Everything pointed me there. I saw a lot of tweets from uh, handicappers out there on Instagram and Twitter extolling the virtues of the, uh, I wanted to call them the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I said, I think I feel pretty good about this one. And that one came out, both of them. If you in-game parlayed yesterday or or played a two-team one-game parlay, you made money yesterday off that game. That game I stayed away from because I, I wasn't really sure. I, I almost said Oakland, too. Uh, not too sure about Vegas. I'm pretty sure about Vegas now. Right. That they're not really good. <laughs> no, they're not. But back to the Cowboys and the Chiefs game. We'll get to your Vikings in a minute because, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely let you uh, talk about that. Cause that was a that game I watched. That was this, but this one here, the Chiefs and the Cowboys was the one I needed. And look out for the Chiefs, man! I, I they came out firing yesterday. I thought Dallas's defense might be a little better than that, and and, and perhaps they are still really good, decent. But if you were writing off Patrick Mahomes. You made a big mistake. And if you wrote off those receivers, especially Tyreek Hill, you made a very big mistake. They only put on the 19 points on the board, but it was 10 more than they needed, and they won the game. Now they're 7-4 and four this season. People are talking about them like they're garbage, and they're 7-4, and four, Michael. 
it's, it, the expectations are so high because of what they did in the past. Right. And they still don't look like that team. And I, I kept listening to the announcers talking about how they look like they did way back, you know, two years ago. No, they don't. Uh, they're obviously not. But what they are is really well coached. Um, and I'm more impressed with what they've done defensively because they look like hot garbage f- for most of the year. Yeah. That's mm. four straight games, Michael, where they've allowed 20 points or less. And that's coaching. It's uh, They don't have a whole lot of talent on that side of the ball. As far no. as I'm concerned, and they never really um, have, have they? Well, not in the last, not in most recent history. Yeah, I, I mean the salary caps on the other side of the ball. But watching what Spagnuolo has done with them, uh, week in, week out, they've adjusted, they've changed. I think they're a lot more consistent on offense right now. I, I still have questions. I, again, the announcers were talking about, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming back like he was the second coming. I don't think he's that good right. on the back, to be honest. Um, that if that line comes together that they spent all the money on, they should have a decent running game. And the running game is, is there to set up the passing game. So... I think they're a good team getting better. Right. But that's another one of those teams that, like most right now, a couple injuries in the wrong places and they're in a world of hurt. So uh, it's it's fun to watch them change and progress. I enjoy watching good coaching. I, I like being able to see week-to-week adjustments and changes that reflect people knowing what they're doing. Because there's some teams where you don't see that. Right. Uh, That's true. I'm a fan fan of one of them. Uh, (laughs) And I I think that's one of the things that when we're looking at Dallas, do you have lots of confidence in the Cowboys coaching staff? No. And, And this is the second time in three weeks where the offense didn't show up. Now, we, we've already told you why, probably why it didn't show up. You know, Amari Cooper is a big part of what they do. I think they were missing an offensive lineman also. But let's face it, they look just dead against the defense. Okay, now the last four games they've allowed 19 points or 20 points or less. But that defense is penetrable. And Dallas has the best offense or had the best offense in the game. And they just didn't make it happen. And like I said, that's two out of the last three weeks where they looked awful on the offensive side of things. You can't trust their defense. I mean, you can't trust that defense even a little bit. The the interesting part about that, I remember going back to the draft, is when Jerry Jones decided he wanted Micah Parsons. Right. And everybody said, Why? That's that doesn't match your what we perceive to be your needs, and that kid's kept that thing going on the defensive side of the ball. He's a player, right? Um, 
but the way Dallas wins is by keeping the defense off the field. Well, yeah, and they didn't. They're, they weren't able to do that, were they? They're not able to do that. It shows up. Their back end is not really that good, especially you know, uh, is it Diggs who had an interception in three or four straight games? Yeah, like six straight games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, uh, I watched Minnesota go over the top of him more than once. I've watched other teams do that. Um, I, I'm not impressed right now. And what I'm really not impressed with is I didn't see any big changes between this week and last week when there appeared to be a real need for changes between this week and last week. Yeah, well, you didn't see that. But, you know, Dallas hosts Las Vegas on Thanksgiving Day. They're currently seven-point favorites. We'll have all those picks for you next week. Kansas City has a bye, and I'll bet you they're very happy to see this bye week. Maybe they can heal up a little more. I I guess Kansas City is a team that folks wrote off a little too soon. That's for sure now. Here we go. The Minnesota Vikings, they finished off with a win. That was a big field goal. It was a a good football game, I thought. 34-31 Minnesota win. Nothing wrong with that at all. What did you think? You're a Vikings fan. I went against the Vikings primarily because of these Monday shows because you're never really happy with the Minnesota Vikings. You say they're inconsistent, and they are. They're 5-5-0 five, five and oh now. Green Bay should have been the better team, probably still are, but too much Justin Jefferson yesterday. You can't get too much Justin Jefferson. I had him and Ju- I had Justin Jefferson, Michael, and Devontae Adams on the same DFS lineup. I could have took down the Millie if I'd have had Jonathan Taylor. He, so here's a fan perspective, okay? This guy is, he's fun to watch for one thing. Right. He's extremely talented. He's already, uh, you know, Randy Moss had uh, 11 100-yard receiving games at this point in his career, which is we're talking about a year and a half now. And Jefferson's matched that with um, half a season ago, a little more than a quarter of a season ago, I guess. Right. Uh, But he is fun to watch. Trey and I, my godson, we have matching Justin Jefferson jerseys. Oh, that's awesome. And the reason being is, is I don't think this kid's ever going to embarrass me wearing his name out on my back. (laughs) Right? He looked really, really good. He is so much fun. He is there to win. He's... He's got the talent. He's got the charisma. We love Stefan Diggs, uh, but Diggs could be a real pain in the butt. Right. Um, this kid's not. And it's like we need more of this type of athlete in sports in general and in football in particular because you can really celebrate when this kid does well. Because he makes you feel good about the way he does things. and Kind of like a, your godson as, does, Trey. Yeah, 
kind of, you know, hopefully continues that. Wow. I was thrilled. I got a chance to talk to him. I've been pumping this kid's stuff since he was a little tiny boy. Now he's 19. And it was nice talking to him last week. And, and he appreciated it. But that, and, you know, you know me. I, I, I don't make people feel good wherever I go. Right. You're uh, like the Eeyore of the crowd. Yes. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not interested. <laughs> Basically, I need a t-shirt that says, I'm really not interested. Right. But, but when you meet meet Trey, he makes you feel better about just being there and your day's a little better because you met him. And that's kind of how we feel about Justin Jefferson. The interesting thing about this is it took – so during Jefferson's rookie season where he tore it up, it took the Minnesota coaching staff three games to figure out what they had. He played very little the first three games. Most of what he did last year, he did from game four to game 16. And once again, they went most of this year struggling to figure out how to score points. And then it dawned on some genius. Why don't we throw the ball to Justin Jefferson? Hey, that's not a bad idea. That worked a little bit last year. Let's try it again. <laughs> you don't like Mike Zimmer at all, do you? No, I, I don't. Um and, and yesterday is an example of why. That, for stretches of that game, Minnesota dominated. Oh, yeah. There was, I, oh, yeah. There was no way, if if you didn't know the standings, if you didn't know the history, that you would go, one team is markedly better than the other. You would say, these are two good teams, and Minnesota looks like they're a little bit better. Yeah. You want to hear a Justin Jefferson stat? Sure. This is a fantastic one. It kind of uh, segues off your Randy Moss comment. This was the uh, Justin Jefferson. This is from NFL.com. Justin Jefferson topped 100 receiving yards before the end of the first quarter. <laughs> that was awesome for him. Jefferson now has 11 career games with 100-plus receiving yards, tying Hall of Famer Randy Moss and Juju Smith-Schuster for second most in a player's first two seasons in the Super Bowl Super Bowl era, and they're both behind Odell Beckham, who had 15 100-yard games in his first two seasons. And Jefferson could actually pass that this year. He could if they if Kirk Cousins throws him the ball. Kirk Cousins had a nice day, though, yesterday. There's nothing wrong with that, but the Green Bay team, now, now let's, to be fair, now Minnesota has to travel out to San Francisco next week. They are currently three-point favorites against the 49ers. Green Bay hosts the Rams, who are off a of bye this week, and that's a one-point Green Bay. Green Bay is a favorite by one. Crazy. What do you it's do with crazy. Green Bay, though? I still think at the end of the day... Um, so... Let's let's look at the NFC. I think anybody can beat anybody. That could be true. My expectation, true. my expectation is that starting tonight, Tampa Bay starts to assert themselves as being the class of the NFC. That could happen. Um, mainly because of Brady, uh, and they've got a ton of veterans who've been there before already. 
Minnesota is now in the sixth playoff position in the NFC, which just boggles my mind. But for me right now, uh, especially when Aaron Jones gets back, Green Bay is still the best in the division and the best in the conference. Why? Because of what you said when we started the show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just phenomenal. They could have pulled it out yesterday, too. I was really surprised that they didn't, to be honest with you. Well, if you watch the game, at the end, Minnesota was driving. And there was a minute and a half or something left. And Delvin Cook uh, breaks out, headed toward the end zone, and he goes down. He goes down to run more clock rather than scoring a touchdown. Why? Because they didn't want to put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands for any reason. Right. No matter how far ahead they were. That kind of respect and that, I mean, it's fear. You know, we were, we were, uh, we, the Vikings were ahead by double digits a couple of times during that game. And you just sit there going, yeah, but there's Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, you know, b- before the field goal, we thought that uh, we'd already won. And Rodgers comes back to play after a Minnesota touchdown and kills us. <laughs> yeah. One play. That was a great touchdown, that Scaldi-Scantling uh, pass. That was nice. That but- was another piece of Zimmer coaching. This is the th- at least the third or fourth time in the fourth quarter of a football game where Minnesota was ahead, where Zimmer calls the zero blitz uh, and leaves his back end exposed, and they show their back end to a national football TV watching audience. I, I don't understand wh- why you make the same mistake that many times at that point in the game. It's insanity to me. I think you're right, but uh, that, that base, that, what's that? Fire him. Okay. Fair enough. Mason Crosby missed a thirty-two yard, thirty-two yard field goal yesterday. That sucked. Plus, they got there were eight penalties by the Packers. They should have won that game, and they didn't. And that was a big problem. But uh, enough of that. Good, good job for the Vikings, though. The Tennessee Titans, Michael. They are Injury. awful. No. They're hurt. They're hurt. But I don't think they're going to get better anytime soon. And and it's gotten to the point where they can't be trusted either. And and this is a team, the Tennessee Titans, they were, uh, they should be right up there still. Let me see where they are in the uh, overall standings of things. I hate ESPN standings, by the way. They don't do a very good job. Let me see here. Where are they? Jeez, I can't even find them, Michael. This is how bad this is. ESPN has turned into a, uh, an absolute joke for everything statistic. Now they're in first place in the AFC with eight and three record. Yes, but but are, how can they maintain that? They looked awful yesterday, and I think it's going to get worse. This stat was just nuts. Ryan Tannehill. This season has four touchdowns and seven interceptions on passes of 10 air yards or more. 
he's 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 the he's a game manager trying to be Aaron Rodgers, and every time he does, it's either a touchdown or a pick. I'm not down on Tannehill. Okay. Um, you lose Derrick Henry, and you replace him with um, a statue of Adrian Peterson. Right. Uh, that's not a, rep- a recipe for success. Um, the receivers are hurt. I think they spent a lot of money on Julio, and it's not paying dividends. He was trying to do what he had to do to win a football game, and it didn't work out real well. I mean, ha- have you ever, like, uh, we just talked about Justin Jefferson what a difference maker he is. Can you name me that person on the Tennessee Titans receiving well, court? There isn't anyone, really. They're, they're, they've got that Brown kid, but he's not going to get it done every week, is he? He hasn't so far. Well, that's just it. You know, the the biggest problem that he has, uh, Tannehill, is, is didn't he have a pretty good tight end there for a couple of years while he was there, and then all of a sudden he retired? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, and then he had, uh, I believe, one that went to New England in free agency. Who's doing okay now? Yeah i I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell low on Tennessee because, as I've said before, I think Mike Vrabel is a really good football coach. Okay. Really good football coaches, and there aren't many of them at this juncture. Find a way. And if Derrick Henry comes back at the end of the year, I haven't seen any updates on his condition. Um, then it, then they'll still be there. They've got a two game lead over Indy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indy looked, you know, awesome yesterday. Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns. Crazy. If, if they get some people back and they get some people healthy, uh, Tennessee will make it to the end of the uh, a season still in a playoff position, I think. Um, but it's not going to be easy. And, and they're never really fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not, because they don't have that big play guy, do they? Yeah, they they don't. I mean, it's Tennessee's like watching to see Derrick Henry punish people, and he's not there anymore for, for now. So... But I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to write them off because I really respect what Vrabel has done as a as a head coach. But that's just me, and that's fair. Through eleven games, AJ Brown, that's the player we're talking about, has sixteen hundred and fifteen receiving yards. And let's see here, he has seven big plays, which we kind of alluded to, and three touchdowns. They have Julio Jones on the team, but he hasn't played much lately. That hurts them also. They are banged up, but they are what they are. So you have to be careful with them. And let's see, who does Tennessee have this week? They have New England. Good luck with that. By the way, New England, you can add them to the list of the for real teams in the National Football League. Are you ready to do that? I have no choice. <laughs> they covered for us on Thursday, though. 
Yes, I know. And that was good. Um, I was really happy about that. I, I didn't make an official play on that, so I can't count it to the record. But I alluded to it on the show. At New Orleans is or New England is playing at a different level right now on both sides of the ball. This Mac Jones is starting to figure things out. He's not. He doesn't make dumb plays like, say, a Kirk Cousins, for example, will make a dumb play. Um, hey, yes. Ryan Tannehill, for example, will make a dumb play. This kid doesn't seem to make dumb plays, though, Michael. Uh, they'll come. Sure, they um, will. But they haven't. They have. But he's a rookie. Maybe I'm excusing it because he's a rookie. But that kid's look pretty damn good. He's been impressive. He's he's been a New England quarterback. Yes. He's, you know, uh, give him time, he might be Tom Brady light. Uh, what's, what's fun to watch is, like, Belichick, I mean, name four New England Patriots. Uh, no. <laughs> I can name four past ones. Yes. Uh, what we know who Mac Jones is, but the rest of the team, uh, we don't know. Uh, and he's taken a group of players that he picked, and he's on top of the division again. Yep. And nobody expected him to be there. Uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch it going going forward because I'm not sure what Buffalo's problem is. Uh, Obviously, they've got some problems with the run defense at this point. They've looked awful, Buffalo. They have looked awful. Now, in New England, we already told you, they have they host Tennessee this week. That's, they are five-and-a-half-point favorites. They up from the opening of two-and-a-half. That should be a really good game. I think New England takes that. I'm not sure yet, but that should be a good game. That's going to be a tough matchup for them at defense of New England's is pretty stout. And, and I think they're going to be really tough. The Cleveland Browns, they won ugly yesterday. Nick Chubb. Now that dude right there, he's going to break a thousand yards and miss half the season. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite players. Um, Baker Mayfield isn't. Oh, I told everybody the day he got drafted, I said, good luck with that. And then after his second season, I said, oh, you know what? Maybe I was wrong about him. And, and the reality is, as I don't believe that I'm wrong about him at all, this kid is banged up. His own teammates say he should take the day off or take a week or two off and get healthy. But his ego won't allow that. And since he pretty much runs the team, we know that because he had Hugh Jackson fire when he was a freaking rookie. This kid is the Cleveland Browns, the progressive commercials. You know, progressive has a lot to do with the Cleveland Browns. That's awful, but he is really, really stinking. He, he And he's hurt, so I'm not going to say things I want to say about Baker Mayfield other than he's really hurt and his ego is in the way. He threw for 176 yards and a touchdown, and that was a, like a tiny little pass in the flat. And he threw for two interceptions. I mean, it's time for them to put Case Keenum in there. I think so. But I think it's also time to write off Cleveland. Yeah, um, they might be time. Yeah, they're 10th right now in the in the playoff standings. Yeah, I, I just, 
I don't see it happening for whatever reason. And their injury list is exceedingly long. It is. And they've got one of them out there playing quarterback. Uh, I, I don't know why they don't sit him down. And as I said last week, the difference in talent between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum is not huge. And Case Keenum can do enough and probably enough better right now to get you through. Uh, if you think Baker's your guy, get him healed. But he's not going to get healed what he's doing right now. No. And I think he's and, you know, we, we have fine memories of Case Keenum. It's called the Minneapolis Miracle, mm-hmm. which was followed by the thrashing in Philadelphia. But Case Keenum's competent. And that's where I'd be going. I, I just I don't understand what they're doing in Cleveland right now. The fan base is ready to hang him. And that's a fact. You know, he looks worse and worse every week. And I know he's got the I'm hurt excuse. Well, then get off the field. Stick your ego in your wherever you stick it and get healed because you have a good football team, but you have a weakness. And when your quarterback is injured like he is, apparently with multiple ailments, but yet insists he needs to gut it out. No, no, no. They don't need you when you're healthy, Baker. Sorry, buddy, but you're a backup. That's what you've always been, sir, a backup. So put your ego aside. This is what I would tell a tennis player that I was coaching. I would say, look, you ain't going nowhere unless you get healthy. And you ain't going that far healthy. So you better get healthy and go as far as you can. And unfortunately, this kid, it's it's just an awful, awful mess. It's unbelievable what's happened to the Cleveland Browns. You know, their defense isn't that bad. But it's their offense. It's horrific. And, and, and they're really close to uh, being knocked out of the playoffs picture completely. And they are facing Baltimore on Sunday. And it's a four-and-a-half-point Baltimore spread in Baltimore's favor. So let's talk about Baltimore for a second. Yeah, let's talk about Baltimore. You like good coaching, don't you? You know, there's always there's a rumor almost every year that Harbaugh is leaving, or they're done with Harbaugh, or right. they don't. Why? Please let him go so that we can hire him. <laughs> we being the Minnesota Vikings for Michael. Yes, please. Uh, I watched that game yesterday, uh, part of it, and there's no Lamar Jackson. There's some kid I never heard of. And they adjust everything and they find a way to gut out a win. And I'm like, this is coaching. This is taking what you've got and doing the best you can with it. And that's my sleeper team going forward to the end of the year and into the playoffs. If they get everybody back, get Lamar healthy. And I'm a little worried about Lamar and his health because uh, he's had had COVID. Now he had some upper respiratory issue, which is never fun. Right. I've had a few. But all things being equal, 
you look at, at the, the people that I can count on these days, and it's Harbaugh, Belichick, um, Andy Reid. Okay. Okay. I'm paying as much attention right now to who's coaching this group as the players on the field. Because what, what they did yesterday to me was pretty amazing. It's like they, they didn't have a football team out there to speak of. And they've had so many injuries. They've had so many running backs go down. And they find a way to gut it out. They do. And they find it win. And I just, yeah, much respect to the Baltimore Ravens. And to Mrs. Harbaugh. She's got two sons who both coach at the highest levels. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. And, you know, they're both doing pretty well as we speak. Well, Jim Harbaugh was I was a freshman with him at Michigan. I remember orientation practice. I remember the first day of orientation before I got bounced for getting those clothes for free at a tournament. <laughs> anyway, here's how Bo put it. And I'm going to end all that whole Michigan State Ohio State nonsense and rivalries. Bo was the athletic director at the time, Bo Schembechler. He said it all very very plainly. He said, that team down south, they think they're our rivals. We've beaten them so many times, it's not funny. Our rival, and we want to beat them, of course, because it makes them more upset than it makes us if we lose. But we don't lose to Michigan State. If we lose to Michigan State, I don't give a F what sport you're playing. You're walking home. That's the mentality that Jim Harbaugh has. And, and sadly, it hasn't worked out. But John Harbaugh, I want now you brought up a quarterback you don't know, but I'm going to talk about him because we talked about him on this show last season. His name is Tyler Huntley. He's represented by Goal Line Sports, which is owned by Brian Levy. And Brian is a dear friend of mine. He's been on this show. And Tyler Huntley's from the University of Utah. And I've been waiting for him to get a chance. I was really glad that he took the job in Baltimore because he probably will get a chance based on what you just said. Who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? He's a running quarterback and whatever. But that kid is a quality kid off the field. He's a fan favorite and now a real fan favorite. But he's just exactly what you want. He's a mature kid who stepped into a job as a backup quarterback, got on the field when his starter got hurt, did enough to help his team win the game, that throw to Sammy Watkins was amazing. Good job, Tyler Huntley. Well done, young fella. Anyway, but you're right about what you say about Baltimore. And you know what that is? That team shows up, and they do their best every week, and they're very well prepared. And Chicago wasn't. Matt Nagy, the Chicago people are screaming for his job, like you do about Mike Zimmer, only 10 times worse. Justin yeah, Fields least- is out. Occasionally competent, uh, but yeah, the whole Chicago thing. And and what's going to break my heart is that Minnesota will be in the run for the playoffs and they'll lose to Chicago. It happens every year. Well, guess what they're going to lose to this week on Thanksgiving Day? They're going to lose to the Detroit Lions, the three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Lions. The Lions are a traditional Thanksgiving Day team. You're going to get that pick for the the actual pick and the analysis for Thursday's game on Wednesday at Cash with Flash. But uh, let me see. There was something else I wanted to ask you. Look at the 49ers. 
Look at the 49ers. Now, you were high on them at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of tapered off because they look like a mess, and they are slowly creeping up. They they haven't played poorly in the last four or five weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo has done enough for them to win games, and that's exactly what happened. They knocked off Jacksonville yesterday. What did you think about that game? Didn't watch it. Uh, a little bit on the red zone. That was about it. Right. Uh, so winning in Jacksonville is not one that you use as a measuring stick. Um, the interesting thing about Jacksonville is Trevor Lawrence doesn't look real good. Um, that's a whole different story. Um, he looks he looks a bit overwhelmed, more so than um, other rookies of the past couple of years. San Francisco's big test is next week. It's a big test for San Francisco and Minnesota. That's who's going to be fighting it out for uh, one of the last playoff spots. Um, I'm not sold on either one, but uh, we'll we'll see how it pans out. The only thing about San Francisco that I don't understand a whole lot where I think they've really, um, I almost use a, a vulgarity on your radio show. Uh Oh, wouldn't be the first time somebody did that. Uh, let's say they've missed the mark is the way that they've treated Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. See the whole Trey Lance thing. You need to, I mean, you're pretty high on him too. You, by this time this season, you thought he'd be starting though, right? I did. I did. He he seems to have the raw physical ability to uh, be a special quarterback. Um, but if you look at Garoppolo, and you and you, uh, if you haven't read it, Seth Wickersham's book on the um, New England Patriots dynasty is really good. Okay, it's, it's worth reading. Um, Belichick was high on Garoppolo. Uh, he throws a, a nice ball. He, he's a competent quarterback. Uh, but when you, when you tell somebody, <laughs> basically, we don't think you can do this very well and we're going to be constantly looking for your replacement. Uh, and now, oh, we, we found it and we trade the, you know, we mortgage the future of the team to get another quarterback because this is how much we think we need to replace you. How does that work in a guy's head? Well, it doesn't work well. It, it doesn't work well. And so I would love to know what's going on in practices with the 49ers. It's like, what have they seen with Trey Lance that makes them go, no, no, you're really, really not ready for this yet. <laughs> no, he's not. But Jimmy and, Garoppolo seems to be. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, you know, a mid-tier NFL quarterback. Um, he's Kirk Cousins, another one of uh, Kyle Shanahan's favorite players. Right. Jalen Hurts. If they get. Yeah, if they get, um, I don't think Jalen Hurts is at that level yet, but I might be wrong. Uh, 
because that's another that's that that Philadelphia teams totally uh, left me wondering what's going on because I've underwrote them the whole year. But San Francisco, if they get their running backs healthy, if they get everybody back uh, in one piece, get the defensive back end shored up to a degree, uh, they're a player. Are they a contender? I don't think so. But next week we'll we'll, we'll see where they are. Well, that's just it. You know, that's going to be a big game between uh, Minnesota and San Francisco. We'll probably have a pick for that. Maybe we'll leave it alone. But uh, Philadelphia, though, Philadelphia has looked halfway decent. Jalen Hurts rushed for three touchdowns yesterday. I think he's probably their quarterback of the future. I mean, the kid's thrown for 2,300 yards. He's uh, thrown for 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. His offensive line is putrid and has allowed him to get dropped 20 times. He's also the leading rusher on the team because they don't trust anybody much over there, like Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders ran more on the bike, on the exercise bike, getting ready to come back off the list than he has in the uh, regular season when he's suited up. Yeah, the, don't even bring his name up to how, me. How in the Sam Hill do you get a kid like Miles Sanders and he's only rushed 75 times this season, but yet Jordan Howard has rushed 51 times in four games. Sanders has gotten 79 attempts in eight. And guess who I drafted really high in all of my fantasy leagues? Miles Sanders, like a lot of other people. Oh, I, I thought, you know, this this is this is one of those value picks that helps you win a league. And I've won quite a few fantasy leagues. Right. And then then have the guy just disappear in favor of Jordan frickin' Howard. Jordan Howard won me some money a couple weeks ago at DraftKings. Uh, people say, oh, he's washed. When people say, you know what, Here, here's one thing that I, I, I run from. When people who have never played in the NFL or coached in the NFL or whatever starts talking about people, who professional athletes who have accomplished more in a year or two than most folks do in their lives, uh, start talking about people who are washed up, I usually side with the athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've well, done that, I, too. I did that in tennis. I said Roger Federer was washed up in 2000. This one you got right. But I was, you know, um, among those who went, what? Well, I couldn't believe I, I didn't. I don't know how, how I got it right as much as I just noticed that the year before and everyone was clamoring free Miles Sanders, free Miles Sanders, all that. Yeah. And they didn't let him run. So I didn't think they were going to let him run now. I like this guy. He runs well. Oh, he yes. catches all well. Mm -hmm. What the hell is the problem here? You know, he's got the most big plays of anyone except for Devontae Smith and Dallas Godert and Quez Watkins on that football team. And he's a backup and he's played less games. That's one of the things that that's a sticking point, though. But Jalen Hurts has been good. And I think that maybe, just maybe, them. Their departure from Carson Wentz and their desire to put Jalen Hurts in there has helped their football team a little bit. But don't tell but don't tell uh Buffalo that because Carson Wentz he was okay yesterday, but Carson Wentz has done well 
In Indianapolis too, right? He's done okay. Um, I, I, I haven't been duly impressed with some of his decision making. But, you know, you've brought up Hurts many times on this show, and every time you do, I just kind of sit here and, well, yeah, you're right, whatever. Because uh, I'm just not sold on the guy. Okay. But I might be quite wrong. There, I mean, sometimes, you know, and I've been a football fan for 60 years. Uh, you've got to admit sometimes that you're wrong. Sometimes you'll be really right, but you won't find out for a few years. Mm-hmm. I have one of those. Most people don't remember that Rich Gannon was a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I do. And I rem- and I remember watching him in preseason and the one year that he got to play and was like, this guy is going to be special. And he sure is – he was, but not for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, by the same token, sometimes you guy that you just don't think can hack it turns out to be – just fine, and that might be the case with Hertz. I'm not there yet, but every week he send he tends to make me look like a fool. Well, they have a tough one with the Giants on uh, next Sunday. The Giants are at home. Uh, Philadelphia is currently a three and a half point favorite, up from three points where it opened. That should be a very interesting game. Miami Dolphins three game winning streak. They host Carolina next week, and it's a pick 'em. That should be very interesting because Carolina doesn't look that bad with Dab. Uh, dab. <laughs> I want to call him Dab. Uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton has reinvented himself or reincarnated, whatever, which way you want to look at it, as a Carolina Panthers quarterback again. Yeah. Um, there were, there was much, um, noise made over that this week. And I, I think they'd have been better off using PJ Walker as your starter and using cam in special situations. Okay. Works for me. That works for me now, but the, but the Miami dolphins, they've won three straight. I don't know. I'm not sold on Miami. I think they're a hot pile of garbage, really. But that's no, me. There's no such thing as an interesting Miami Dolphins game. Not not with, not under this regime. And, and the fans are starting to think that they've got a shot at something. And the only thing that they have a shot at, I would say, is like staying out of 16th place. And luckily for them, they beat the Jets yesterday. They have four wins. That's probably entirely possible. However, the Houston Texans didn't look too bad yesterday when Tyrod Taylor quarterbacks them. The Jag, yeah, they're going to finish in 13th place. Yeah, that, that's that's where they're headed. Um, watching Tua Tagovailoa play quarterback is excruciatingly painful for me. You know, they haven't replaced Jay Fiedler yet at Miami. <laughs> Every time that guy throws, I want to go down and help him. Because he just doesn't seem like he's strong enough to to make it go. His brother throws the ball the same way, you know. He his brother plays for Maryland, and he throws the ball the same way. It's interesting to note that. But Miami, three in a row, good for you. I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot about this later, and I really don't care. 
But good luck against Carolina because Carolina is a decent football team trying to be good. And they lost McCaffrey for a while, and now he's back, and he looked good. And Cam Newton looked good, and the rest is history. Now, one more, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we get into tonight's game, Michael. Justin Herbert, yesterday. Now, Pittsburgh covered. Yay! That stat I threw out there on my image for the promotion of the show or of my picks for Sunday was how Mike Tomlin covers the spread, especially as a road dog. Now they're 39 and 19 on the road and since 2007. But Justin Herbert is the third fastest quarterback to 7,000 yards during his first two seasons. The two quarterbacks that he's in company with, there's only two others that have thrown for that many. And that's Patrick Mahomes and Kurt Warner. I love Justin Herbert. He slings it, man. When he ever when he connects like he did against Pittsburgh, he looks really good, Michael. The interesting thing about him, you talk about, you know, sometimes you see weird things when you've been watching games as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Kids six six. He gets more balls batted down than any quarterback I've ever seen for that size. He gets a lot of stuff battered back in his face at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure why. Look at his launch angle. Look where his hand is. It's below his shoulder. That that might be what it's all about because he sure gets a lot of ricochets back. I think one of them got intercepted yesterday. Um, but again... See, San Diego is another one of those teams that you want to go, oh, man, that's a good-looking football team. Um, and they're, they're kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But they're like two or three parts to make them a really substantial contender. Um, you really have to respect, and I'm not a Steeler fan, and I'm surely not a Roethlisberger fan, but you really got to respect what that guy did yesterday. You know, uh, the difference between him and their backups is just so night and day. Oh, it's, I know. It's amazing. Uh, but I would like San Diego to really be a good football team, but I don't think they are. I think they're a mediocre team that's sometimes entertaining to watch because they have a really good quarterback. Yeah, that's Los Angeles. I call them San Diego all the time, but they're gonna, they might make the playoffs. They're 6-4. and four. Now, they have an interesting game coming up on the road against Denver Sunday. So we'll have to see. Denver currently is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Denver hasn't looked really good either, but tonight's game. Now, tonight's game, there's a lot of yap about this. The Giants face the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is an 11-and-a-half-point home favorite today. And depending on where you look, that's where it is, that line. You get any thoughts about this game tonight? I don't know what to think about this game tonight because the um, the Giants are so hard to figure out. Um, and I have to look at the injury report to see you know, if they have any wide receivers available tonight. I'm looking now. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. I'll find it. It takes a long my time ex- to scroll through this. My expectation is uh, – and the line's gone down in Oregon. It's down to ten and a half. Okay. Uh, 
my expectation is that Tampa wins and covers. And I think if they do, then we know that they are completely back on track and know, and and we know what to expect for the rest of the year from them. Mm-hmm. If the Giants keep it close, that's going to be another story entirely, because there there is some measure of concern about the Tampa Bay defense. And I, th- I think that Daniel Jones is a relatively good test because he's not a bad passer and he is very mobile. I like Daniel Jones a lot better than most people do. Uh, but, you know, let's look at the injury report and see what co- they come up with. Well, I think that you're going to find that the Giants have their receivers in place. Saquon Barkley may play tonight. Does that change your mind at all? No. They are awful. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 26th this season in uh, rushing yards per game, running the football, and their defense. See, this is what I don't like about this site. It's impossible to find out what they do. But their defense supposedly is spo- it was supposed to be really good at defending against the run. And the pass, and I'm not sure if they are in there like they should be. Now, um, like I said, navigating these sites anymore, as far as stats go, is a difficult thing, to say the least. That's another thing. I get really tired of all these folks. They have to have these fancy new designs on websites that you can't navigate them without a map. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you you want us, you know, these guys, they send letters all the time. They're PR companies. Why aren't you using our website for your stats? Because it's too damn slow. That's why. And they're incomplete. That's why. But uh, rushing yards allowed per game. You're looking at a team here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are actually pretty good at that. 79.8 yards. The Giants, however, are probably... Not as good. Again, I got to scroll like hard. 122 yards per game they allow on the ground. Passing-wise, it might not be much better. I don't know, Michael. This is a lot of points to give to a team that's uh, 3-6-0 and against the spread overall. But they're 3-1-0 and at home against the spread. The Giants, however, are 5-4-0 and against the spread. And 3-1-0 and is the away team. that make any difference to you? Too much, I don't know. My 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 gut inclination would be to uh, take Tampa and give the points, right? Uh, but if when it comes to putting actual cash on that, I don't believe that that's going to happen. No, I don't either. I I think the Giants, the Giants have covered in one two. And a push, and the Giants. The Giants have covered in five of their last six games against Tampa Bay. And last year they covered, and they lost by two, and yet they were thirteen point underdogs at home. Now that that one kind of moves me a little bit. 
That's a lot of points, Michael. You know, that offense is not as bad as, as people like to make it out to be. It really isn't. Now, I think the, I think the biggest aspect here is you have to look at motivation. And Tampa Bay doesn't have a whole lot to motivate themselves by. I mean, they, they know they're going to be in the playoffs. They're probably going to make a deep run. You know, we don't know what Gronkowski's doing tonight, but and AJ or uh, Antonio Brown is out, but they still have a couple of pretty good receivers in Godwin and Mike Evans. That's a well, lot I of think, points, though. I think you've uh, talked me into the other side of the ball. I, well, I don't know what I'm trying if I'm trying to talk you into something or talk me out of something. But that's that's a lot of points, and, and like I said, Tampa Bay, they just don't seem to care so much about those things. And actually, no NFL team or no professional athlete cares about what Vegas thinks or anybody else thinks. They don't care about fantasy teams. They don't care about your gambling. They only care about putting food on their table because their lifespan as a professional football player is likely. Well, probably longer than most gamblers because most gamblers really suck and they give up. But at the end of the day, that's too many points. And if you can get 11 or even 11 and a half, which could be the case, you you got to pull the trigger on the Giants. Their offense is not that bad. I mean, it's not that bad at all, really. That quarterback is going to test them. And if they can say Quan Barkley back and he can dent them a little bit, you know, he's going to be okay. The Giants, you know, they're not, they're probably in the bottom half of the, the league in points. And they're bottom in the half in the league. Let me see there. Yeah, they're 24th in points per game, 21st in points allowed per game. Here's your play. Here's a play for you. Take Tampa Bay to win the first quarter. There's your play. There you go. There's your play. Because, uh, you know, both teams are going to look pretty good, but Tampa Bay is going to look to probably lay a beating on them right away. And, and then, you know, first quarter number, I don't have that in front of me, but I'm sure you can get it at playup.com or wherever else your whatever else book allows you to gamble because playup doesn't allow illegal gambling at all. <laughs> Those licenses are too expensive to get. You know, but again, ten and a half points, that seems too much. So I, I reckon what I will do, I will say this. My official pick tonight is Tampa Bay first quarter. I'm going with you. I think they're gonna win the first quarter and that's it. I don't have anything else to say. I don't really know. That's a lot of points. Maybe later in the day I'll have something on Twitter. But more than likely stick with Tampa Bay winning the first quarter, and I'm sure your sports book is going to allow that. Michael, great stuff today. Thank you, Phil. And we didn't even get to uh, me saying some nasty things about Seattle. No, because there's nothing to say about Seattle right now. They're, they're a mess, and I don't think they're going to get any better anytime soon. No. And, and I don't think it's the coach. I don't think it's the players per se. I just think that they've had some bad luck with an injury to their star quarterback. They've never really recovered. You know, they've got these explosive wideouts, and they look good, but I don't think Russell right now can throw the ball to them very often, very accurately or often enough to win in many games. So we'll just leave them be. Stick a fork in them. 
Yeah, stick a fork in him. All right, great stuff. You can find Michael over at, or at least on Twitter, at Phoenix Preacher. And if you're so inclined, head on over to michaelnoonham.com and get your whiff of Christianity from a good person, a very good person, and you'll learn things. And buy, and don't forget, while you're over there, go buy his books. They're great. He's one of the, Michael's one of the best writers I know. He's encouraged me to write for years, and I finally did it too. And speaking of books, until January 1st, we're offering a sale. All Kindle products are $4.99 for Betting Baseball 101 and Betting Football 101. Don't forget PlayUp.com for all your sportsbook needs, Cash with Flash Best Bets for all your handicapping needs, and that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. 